0: We are back. Dennis Stewart is here. And Dennis, a big health naturally on the way. Ready to head to the telephone? We are. All righty. Good afternoon, Megan at Tingara Heights. You've got uh, some issues with the kids for Dennis today. I
1: certainly do. Thanks for taking my call. Hello, Megan. I've got, yep. I've got two children, Dennis. Yes.
0: They're, they're 11 and
1: 13. Yes. And they both seem to suffer from aches and pains. They're emotional. They're both a little bit nervous in their own way. Uh-huh. And up until last year, they were, you know, pretty healthy apart from me thinking. But last year, they got every bug yes. that's possible. And I'm, th- I'm just wondering if there's a chemical imbalance or something like that.
2: Look, um, what, what, what used to be called growing pains is, uh, is a real thing as far as I'm concerned. And mm-hmm. um, fortunately, if that is the situation, the kids tend obviously to move, move on from it. Um, yeah. And that, that could be the situation. The other thing that you have to ask yourself is, um, have they experienced in recent times any uh, nasty viruses? Uh, some viruses can um, subsequently predis- predispose to ongoing infections, uh, aches and pains, mm-hmm. uh, insomnia. There is a condition that uh, naturopathic practitioners uh, use, um, which is a called the post-viral syndrome. Now that syndrome uh, is a condition that seems to occur when people experience a nasty influenza virus or uh, something like a glandular fever virus or even just a common virus, but then subsequently it seems that the individual that's experienced that original virus goes from one viral infection to another viral infection to another viral infection, the post-viral syndrome. Uh, it may well be that, but what I would suggest is, and this is, this is not very well known this point, I'll probably be talking about Echinacea later in the day, but a lot of people are not aware that the North American herb, Echinacea, is, is quite a remarkable remedy uh, for kids and particularly for helping uh, build up uh, their resistance we will be talking about that more later, but um, I remember as a young practitioner, uh, I used to see a lot of kids in my practice at Gosford, and inevitably I would prescribe uh, echinacea, and very frequently that would see a bit of a turnaround in the kids' health. So, I would, as a starting base, try to keep it simple um, yeah. go, go to your health food store or your pharmacy and get some echinacea preparations, they're not expensive. They're very safe. They come in a solid form or a liquid form, and put them on that for a little while. At the same, at the same time, I would cover the uh, their nutritional base. There is uh, a great preparation again in our pharmacies and health food stores called Floridix. Now, Floridix. Fl- is that an iron? Uh, it is an iron tonic, but it's not just iron. It's more of a nutritional uh, supplement which has a okay. spread of nutrients in it. Um, I use a lot of that, um, A, because it's economical, B, it's in a liquid form and it's easy to dose, and mm-hmm. three, the, th- the feedback I get on it is very good. So I get the kids on some Echinacea to boost uh, their resistance, their immunity. That may have a, a good effect. Uh, try some Floridex. It's easily taken. And what I'd suggest you do in order to uh, address the restlessness that might characterise them uh, when they get, go to sleep or try to get to sleep. Fall back on the European favourite herb, uh, chamomile, uh, commonly chamomile. known in Europe as chamomilla. Just uh-huh. go again and, uh, to your health food store and get some good quality chamomile tea bags. Now, chamomile is a pleasant tea. It's not nasty, and it can be yeah. turned into a pleasant uh, beverage to take at night. Put some honey into that and that should have a settling effect on the kids and give them a better sleep and perhaps help them address some of the aches and pains.
0: Thank you very much, Megan. And just very quickly, Dennis, mm. the the European version of chamomile, caram- can you do that again for us? Camomilla. Is that Italian? No, it's just no. Deutsch. It's just uh, Deutsch. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. We learn yeah. something every day. Yeah. Dennis, you just want to quickly uh, retouch on a couple of things from Megan yeah, a moment yeah. ago. Uh,
2: Megan rang about her little boys that had aches and pains, and I recommended a good product called Floridix, but there are two uh, preparations. Uh, one has got magnesium in it. So if Megan is still listening, it might be worthwhile when you go to your pharmacy or health food store, if you're going to purchase Floridex, to ask them for the one that contains some magnesium. Magnesium being these days seen as a useful device for lessening uh, a lot of nocturnal symptoms, aches and pains and cramps. So take that on board, Megan, if you're still listening.
0: Okay, thank you very much and great advice there. Mm. Now, Dennis, uh, again, today we're looking at um, the immune system. We covered a couple of things last week, but you want to delve into Mm. uh, the herbal side of things, and that brings us to echinacea.
2: Well, we come to echinacea because it's probably, of, of all the herbs that we relate to improving one's immunity, it is probably the most popular one. But before we look at echinacea in detail... It's important for listeners to know that uh, there are many herbs that are being used around the world in various continents to build up natural resistance to viral and other infections. And I think this is important in as much that when we talk about herbs like echinacea uh, boosting the immunity, we must not think that this is a cure for any particular viral or bacterial infection. What we're talking about are a bracket of herbs that have been shown to improve one's ability uh, to fight infections, one's ability to be able to come out better at the end. Uh, In other words, to strengthen the body's natural resources. And as we said last week, the immune system is that system which is in each of us that does battle with viral infections, bacterial infections, fungal infections. And what we seek to do as medical herbalists and naturopaths is not treat any one particular uh, pathology, but rather to support that immune system with agents.
0: That's a a, a very distinctive Mm. Mm. line Mm. there. Like Mm. you said, it's to build the immune system, but not necessarily a a cure-all for, hey, I've got this ailment, so bang.
2: And I think that's important because even as late as yesterday in practice, Uh, people were ringing up saying, oh, what would you recommend for uh, this virus without mentioning any names? And I was quick to point out that anything we recommend is not for any particular virus. It's with the aim of getting people to think that by using herbs with a tradition of immunosupportive characteristics, they are better able, if you like, to resist, fight, and come out the other end better Uh, And I think this is an important part of uh, natural medicine that gives it a a unique role to play in modern health care, not treating individual diseases as such, but looking at what Rudolf Weiss referred to as years ago as a non-specific enhancing of resistance. That's what we're talking about. And into that category, of course, Uh, Quite a number of herbs fall, and many of them have made their reputation in dealing with viral infections. As late as this morning, um, thinking about this topic, I was in my study, and I reflected on the American herb known as Boneset. Now, that's a weird name, you might say. It is a (laughs) weird name. It's not conventional (laughs) at best. I can talk about its botanical name, Eupatorium perfoliatum, but it's no need for language. (laughs) Its (laughs) name, Boneset, arose from the fact. That during the American Civil War, there was an incredible uh, viral uh, assault that uh, affected both the Confederates and the uh, and the Union forces and wiped them out. Basically, that laid them flat. And the most common symptom was the symptom of incredible immobilization, aches and pains. And the Americans on both sides in the in the Civil War took on board. The knowledge of the American Red Indians, let me just say the American Red Indians, are incredibly famous for their knowledge of herbal medicine. And the name set was given to that herb, which helped many of those people come out of that viral infection better. It was one of many American herbs, but of course, the Echinacea is the most famous. And heading back to the phone, firstly, this afternoon. G'day, Doug
0: from Fletcher. Uh, you've got a question for Dennis today, Doug.
1: Yeah, g'day, guys. Uh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Doug. Uh, I've um, been afflicted by
2: Dupretton's contracture. Yes. Are you aware no, of I that? I know it well, yes. So you've got, <laughs> uh, you've got, a, you've got a, a stiff finger?
1: Uh, I have um, uh, fingers curling. Yes, uh, yes, Normally your ring finger and yeah, your little finger.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, a, um, it's more common than what you think. Um, yes,
1: and I believe it comes from my Viking past. Okay. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> All right, okay, well, we, we we won't we won't debate that. If you've been told that, who might have questioned it? But uh, have, how uh, long have you been? It's more
1: prevalent in Scandinavian countries. Yeah. Uh, um,
2: how long have you been?
1: been I've, yeah. okay. I've had an op- operation on my right hand yes. um, a number of years ago, yes. but my left hand's now affected. And I've, okay. I'm under a um, specialist, Good. but Good. I'm just wondering whether there's any um, uh, herbal
2: uh, treatment for okay. it. The way that I would go about uh, working with this is to recommend uh, that you try a bracket of uh, remedies that are known as celloids, I'll spell it for you, C-E-L-L-O-I-D-S. Now celloids are a particular range of minerals and there are two minerals and they they are coded this way. Uh, uh, This condition could well benefit from what I'm saying. I, I never say uh, what I uh, recommend will do or cure, but I will say, based on experience, that there's a good chance that this might help. The, the remedies that you need to think of, the first one is a celloid known as Silica, and it's abbreviated S79. Yes. Now, I know that sounds very esoteric and very left field, but um, there are products that you would purchase from practitioners, naturopathic practitioners, herbal medicine practitioners. They're not normally a retail product, but I use them a lot. And S79 is a particular form of silica, which is renowned um, for breaking up, how can I call it, Uh, benign solids, uh, benign growths, um, lumps, uh, things like that. Uh, And it's usually prescribed with sodium phosphate, SP96. Now, those two remedies taken together uh, frequently will free up uh, contractions. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm saying they may do so. The thing to keep in mind about these two remedies, these two celloids, SP96 and S79, available only normally from practitioners, is that they need to be taken for an extended period of time. In the literature, it says that uh, six months as a minimum period uh, to give this therapy a chance, and uh, the good thing about it is they're minerals. They are very economical, so it's not as if you're paying an arm and a leg for something that may or may not work. But my experience with those two remedies in dealing with things like spurs and um, other con- and contracting conditions has encouraged me to make that recommendation. So rather than go down the herbal pathway, I think the mineral pathway might be useful. Now your specialists and others uh, would obviously um, raise their eyebrow at what I'm saying, but uh, those two little minerals have worked wonders in my practice on conditions that one would think would be just impossible uh, to resolve i would recommend you give it a try
0: thank you so much
2: doug from fletcher
0: hope that helps out well dennis uh, today again we're talking uh things for our immune system mm-hmm. uh the chocolate wheel of life has stopped us at echinacea today <laughs> and um i guess what if any particular role does it actually play in resistance okay. in terms of viruses
2: well look if we look at the british herbal pharmacopeia which is the viable- which we, we do daily We do daily, of course, but the 1983 edition of what I refer to as the BHP, the British Herbal Pharmacopeia, is a document which has modernised herbal medicine, a document put together by medical practitioners, pharmacists, herbalists, pharmacologists. Now, when we look at the monograph for Echinacea in that text, it talks about it. Uh, as being an antiviral agent, which, let me again explain this, doesn't mean to say that it's a curative agent. What the monograph is pointing out is that it is an agent that has been used to address uh, a tendency, a propensity for viral infections, uh, and also something to use if one is experiencing a viral infection. It made its reputation uh, as in that context as being seen as an enhancer of resistance and I have mentioned earlier that this is what natural medicine practitioners do that is we try to enhance rather than cure a condition we try to enhance and Echinacea is the leading North American herb well documented for the enhancement the support the encouragement of better immunological activity.
0: I'm going to just play devil's advocate yep, just yep, for a moment yep, here. Yep. So we're cutting that distinction It's yeah. to enhance. It's not sort of going to cure. We're not saying it's to no. cure. No. Others that might go, oh, hang on, herbal medicine, mm. what, what are you saying there? You're saying that it might it might not work. I mean, where's the authenticity if, yeah. you, if you are making that distinction?
2: Okay. Look, the authenticity of echinacea particularly is so well established um, that... If one were to go to the computer and punch in Echinacea, we would be sitting there for a very long period of time to exhaust the information that's available on it. Uh, If we use it as an indicator of modern herbal medicine being able to justify its existence outside of just a traditional claim, well, it would come to the top. What we have to realize is that Echinacea has undergone a significant analysis. Its chemistry is well known. Its clinical usages have been defined interestingly interestingly, better done uh, in Europe than in the home of the Echinacea, North America. It, it Listeners might be interested to know that Echinacea's reputation in modern times from a, from a what we might call a pharmacological or a chemical perspective has been done by the Germans. They are the leaders in, in the world, as far as I'm concerned, with a knowledge of echinacea, and they have documented its chemistry and what some of those chemical constituents do in various activities on the immune system. So without going into it individual and giving a lecture on pharmacology, I would challenge anyone uh, to look at the modern phytochemical analysis of echinacea and say that it can't sustain. The uses that have been made for it traditionally and importantly, the uses that we still use it for today as an aid to work against viral activity and to help overcome it. G'day, Margaret at Ellamore Vale.
0: Uh, you're wanting some tips from Dennis on recovering from a cold.
1: That's right,
2: yes. Hello, Margaret.
1: Um, hi there. Tell um, me something
2: about your cold experience, uh, keeping in mind that uh, colds are viral infections. Um, of course, yes. What What was the nature of your cold?
1: Okay, so it came on on um, Sunday evening. Yes. So I've had it all week. Yes. Um, but it doesn't seem to be. Imp- I know it takes about a week, but yes. it doesn't seem to be improving at all. Okay. Um, and I'm just wondering if there is any herb that you can take that does sort of um, helps ha- hasten up the process. Okay,
2: you're not running a fever.
1: No, no, okay, okay.
2: no. Um, just, yeah, just a, you know, just head cold. A, just a nasty cold. The only reason I ask symptoms, that, of course, yeah. in, in the climate of what's happening presently, Ex- exactly um, right. one has to be yeah. cautious that uh, yeah. that uh, anything like this is, is just a cold and not a more serious virus. And we say that to do our bit, if you like, to make listeners aware of the, you know, just monitoring what's happening to us. But look, mm-hmm. I would think... Um, you would be a classic uh, case for taking on board what I have said already today. Uh, Mm -hmm. Echinacea um, has found its fame in addressing the symptoms of colds and influenza, both as a remedy to uh, build up resistance to its occurrence, but also to help resolve it uh, if and when one is experiencing it. In other words, its effect on one's immunology is, in my opinion, um, something that can cause a recovery uh, to be more effective and lessen some of the lingering symptoms that a cold can, can, can bring on. So if you've not used Echinacea, based on what I've been talking about today, and please, listeners, don't think um, I've got any vested interest in Echinacea. What <laughs> It's a worldwide herb. It's not a product. Uh, I suggest that's what you do. But in in looking at your situation, I'd like to say something to listeners also because once a year at the onset of this season, I recommend a trilogy of things that is a useful preventative device as well as a useful uh, recovery device. And the first thing I recommend to listeners generally, particularly in today's climate, is to use some echinacea on the basis of what we're talking about today, reinforce it, and I say this to you, and other listeners that uh, are interested in doing something to improve their immunology, start to take significant doses of vitamin C. Now, I know that sounds rather glib, but uh, vitamin C, in my opinion, is still an underrated agent to help build up resistance to infection and taking in significant dosages together with echinacea has worked well in my many years of practice to see people recover, and not drift back into uh, the doldrums again after they've got over the original episode. And sometimes that can happen. So Echinacea, uh, vitamin C, and the other, the other thing that I might say might sound a little bit left field, but again, being a herbalist and knowing a lot about the activity of this herb, the herb ginger is probably one of the most popular remedies used uh, to address, if you like, the symptoms of a cold but more importantly to also help the respiratory system function more effectively in dealing mm. with a cold, the congestion, the symptoms of a cold. Ginger when taken simply as as a herbal tea uh, and one can purchase good quality uh, ginger tea bags from our um, health food stores. The Asian stores in particular have got good preparations of ginger, three to four cups of ginger tea a day is one of the other ways that one can improve the resolution of a cold. And in my opinion, in this season, this climate in which we're in, that trilogy, echinacea, good doses of vitamin C, and regular drinking of ginger tea provides an adequate way of getting over a cold virus, but also, in my opinion, building up resistance to the onset of other viruses.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Margaret, from Ellamore Vale. Uh, Dennis, we've got 60 seconds left. Uh, of course, you're talking different herbs from around yeah, the world. Yeah. Uh, a couple of others that we might be able to yeah, look, take I a think, look at.
2: I think it would be unjust if we didn't mention that from Asia comes probably a herb that is as important, as well-known, as effective as the North American herb Echinacea, and that would be the Asian remedy known as Astragalus membranaceus. It is, if you like, a running mate, a competitor with the North American Echinacea to be probably the world's best known herbal immunosupportive agent. And fortunately, it's again available in various forms uh, in this country, in various combinations. One is known as Astragalus 8. So uh, just don't see everything being centered around Echinacea. I'm a great fan of it, but I'm also a great fan of Astragalus.
0: Dennis, uh, a great chat as usual today, and a look at the immune system—a bit of a two-parter, but we uh, we got yeah, there in the end. we got there
2: eventually, Mark. Well done.
0: Also, thank you to Margaret, Doug, and Megan, uh, Dennis, giving you some great advice uh, there today. Dennis, you'll be back next week. Big weekend coming up for you. We've got a relaxing couple look, of days. Look,
2: Mark, I'm just going to enjoy the greenness of the Hunter Valley, and I say to listeners: if you haven't been to the Hunter Valley, don't miss it. You will think you're in Ireland. It's so green. <laughs>